0: Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD, streaming live at wordradio.com. This is Amadi Braxton, and I'm very pleased to be joined now by a good friend of this show, Reverend Gregory Holston, who is the Senior Advisor for Policy and Advocacy at the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office and co-facilitator of the 57 Plus Blocks Coalition. Welcome back to the show, Reverend Holston.
1: So glad to be with you again and the solutions of of, a family.
0: Thank you. And um, just, you know, I I had you want to talk about a really important event you all have coming up for Martin Luther King Day, Um, but just remind listeners what the 57 Plus Blocks Coalition is and how it got its name.
1: Um, There was an Enquirer article from September of 2021 that listed 57 blocks in the city of Philadelphia from 2015 to 2021 that had 10 or more shootings on them. Hmm. That means for those blocks, the children on those blocks, the people on those blocks, they they dealt with the terror and the horror of having people shot on their blocks, um, uh, having maybe family members, maybe people they knew on the block, maybe even blood on the streets, uh, terror in those communities, and some had as much as 30 shootings during that time period. Hmm. What we found with those 57 blocks is that when we overlaid it with the uh, redlining map, which is a disinvestment map, which areas that were targeted intentionally by our United States government for to not allow investment in, uh, that redlining map from 1937 showed that 53 out of 57 of those blocks were formerly redlined. And, And so we saw the connection in that article, and we talk about the connection between gun violence and racial, intentional racist disinvestment in our communities. That community investment is the real solution to deal with the disinvestment that is happening in our community And really will effectively deal with the gun violence in our community as well. And so this coalition of 70 organizations across the city of Philadelphia has come together to kind of lift that issue up and talk about how can we target it with more investments in these particular areas so that we can transform these neighborhoods and reduce gun violence.
0: So then tell us about the event on Monday. Um, It's being called One Philly, a Vision for Public Safety. Um, Tell us about the event, what you're doing, why you're having it and what people can expect.
1: Well, 57 Plus Block Coalition last year partnered with uh, the Martin Luther King Day of Service, really with the idea of kind of moving the, the, the day of service to do more things around actual uh issues of action and justice on MLK day and then it was to lift up the need for and still is the 100 million dollar target number that we want for community uh investment into community organizations in the areas that we just talked about these these areas where gun violence is the highest we talk about the fact that the city of Philadelphia up until 3 years ago put less than a million dollars into community-based organizations in terms of gun violence. They've increased that figure to 13.5 million, but that's still not nearly enough. And so we lift up that issue last year. We're going to continue to lift that up issue again this year in this year's forum. But now we're tying it directly to uh, what the mayor says, our new mayor, Mayor Sherelle Parker, who has lifted up this vision of a real one Philadelphia. Uh, Instead of a tale of two cities, which is basically what Philadelphia has been, one white and rich, one poor and black, um, that how do we divide, how do we cross over the divide so that we actually build a city where we all can prosper, where we all can grow together? We believe this investment in these most hardest hit neighborhoods are one of the first things we need to do to create the sense of being one Philadelphia. That gun violence itself as an issue uh, um, affects just a few neighborhoods, but we don't put the investment that we need to, because we're not believing that we're one Philadelphia where we're all in this together. And so we're going to lift up those issues of safety, uh, of what public safety really is and what public safety really means uh, at this forum uh, in a variety of ways of presentations and also a panel conversation.
0: Okay. You know, and I, I just want to go back to the, what you started with on on this event. That um, it's a way to really bring back the the, the kind of, I think, in the, in really honoring the spirit of Dr. King to make this day not just about service but about justice and taking action towards justice. Because I feel like that has gotten lost in the commercialization. And of of Martin Luther King Day. And, you know, when when we start to see, you know, McDonald's celebrating Martin Luther King Day on their TV commercials, we know we're in trouble. But bringing it back to uh, King's vision of a just society, of a beloved community. Yes. Feels very, very important at this time to really kind of uh, take back the narrative about MLK Day.
1: A- absolutely, because, you know, um, and and I've challenged my friend Todd Bernstein around this, who uh, who then challenged me to come and try to do what we could to kind of evolve this Day of Service into what we've been talking about. Um, that it's got to be more than simply um, going to a school and painting the school or, or cleaning up a block or clean up a neighborhood. Those things are good, and people should do those. But King was about policy change. He was about changing the law. He was about making us a more just community, a more fair community. He was talking about that the budget is a a moral budget, a reflection of what we believe or what we care for, and our budget should reflect what we value. He was talking about real transformational change in our communities. And if we're not really doing that, in fact, I want to go even further, those who fought for this holiday... I was, I guess, old enough now to, re- to have actually walked with many people who fought for this holiday. They never had it as the idea of a day of rest or a day of service. It always, from the time we were marching in Washington, demanding this holiday back in 1982, this was always the idea that this day would be a day of action. And that's how we would best honor the memory of Martin Luther King. So, so doing these forums, doing this these teachings is really what we call them.
0: They mm-hmm. you are
1: know, opportunities to relive the civil rights movement and also to to bring action and justice today.
0: And when you think about the teachings of Dr. King, and um, you know, the what what do you feel like? would be his guidance for us today because he he talked about poverty. He, you know, that was, it wasn't just about desegregation. He recognized as he went further on his journey of justice and action, he talked about, you know, the, the, the issue of poverty and how that was kind of an underlying issue. But how do you interpret some of his teachings and how we apply them today to the crisis we're facing?
1: Uh, well, it's just so many things. He's so applicable to, to today in so many ways. and In fact, uh, um, I mean, the idea of racial justice that's at the core of what 57 Blocks is trying to do to, to deal with the intentional racial discrimination and disinvestment in black and brown communities that started in uh, really was before, but by government in the 1930s and went through all the way by law through the 1970s and still is de facto today. They still disinvest in our communities today. Uh, the reveal report from 2018 shows it's still two or three times harder for a black person similarly situated financially to get a mortgage than a white person, even in the city today. Uh, and okay. that causes black people, black wealth about a billion dollars in wealth today. So the reality is the, the issues that King talked about in the 60s and the 70s are still present and we still need to lift them up. Um, and we still need to use many of the tactics of King, uh, who believed in voting rights, who believed in uh, uh, direct action, who believed in nonviolence protest, those tactics that King talked about and used and gave us an example still work today. Organizing still changes things today, and we have to lift up that hope with our community and hope for our, with our young people that they can still change the environment that they live in as well.
0: Now, as you're going around the city um, doing this work um, with 57 plus blocks coalition and and you know representing the DA's office. What are you noticing? Are you noticing? Um, do people feel hopeless? Uh, are, are people um, starting to feel the tide is turning a little bit because of the investment of now 13 or or so million dollars in some of these grassroots community based efforts to, you know, address gun violence? Are people more ready to address the situation at the community level? What are you noticing in terms of the people that you're you're interacting with?
1: Well, there's a little, there's always a lag between uh, what is happening and our perception of what is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, But since about uh, September of 2022, there's been about a 30 percent decline in homicides in the city of Philadelphia. Now, why people may not feel it as much is the years before that, there was about a 30 percent increase and were the highest numbers we ever had and the fact that we're still uh, a little bit above 400 homicides a year, which is still entirely too much, but we have made progress over the last 18 months, or only really about 15 months, and the progress has been the greatest progress in any period of Philadelphia, or in any number compared to any other place in the country, that 30% decline. And so we, I believe very clearly, that not only the $13.5 million that had been placed in these community uh, organizations, but also the state's money, which the state put in $105 million across the state in 2022, about half of that came directly to Philadelphia. So we're talking about $60 million going to community-based and hospital-based organizations. Hmm. Uh, and I think that's directly the reason for the decline that you're seeing. We're dealing with young people who are young, younger people and young adults who are traumatized, who are acting out of that trauma. So the more trauma support, mental health support, the more workforce development, the more help we can give in pulling people out with credible messages uh, to talk to them, to give them hope, to give them uh, life and give them some sense that their lives can be different and better. The more we do that, I believe more of the numbers will come down. And uh, we have a lot of reason to hope in Philadelphia, but we got to keep doing the right things. Uh, We cannot go back. We have to go forward. We have to put more money in and more resources in to to help our young people. And you'll see those numbers decline even further if we really invest in them.
0: But we cannot we cannot allow it it to slide back. I think that's the key message that you're that you're telling us.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I think uh, the, two, the extra 100 million that came from the state, 50 million that came directly to the city of Philadelphia was 2022, but that budget got cut. Uh, as I've been on these programs before talking about for 2023, we're hoping that the government will put it back up to the $105 million in the 2024, and it will keep growing, and growing from there. So that we're doing with 100 million directly for our communities in these hardest hit neighborhoods in years to come. We believe that this works. It's better than stop and frisk. It's better than um, than using tactics, police tactics, to arrest or to harass. We cannot arrest our way out of this problem. We have to give investment and hope to our young people. That's the best way to reduce gun violence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And if you ask me what King would be saying, he would be saying exactly that kind of message right now. That that hope and love and justice and fairness and investment uh, and directly dealing with the poverty of our people will transform our communities and give our communities hope and life again. That simply, again, arresting our way out is not the solution.
0: Absolutely. So just tell people about uh, the time and location of the event on Monday. And then I want to ask you about the latest attacks on the DA.
1: Um. The time is at uh, well, we're at Gerard College. Um, that's a twenty-one hundred block of of, of uh, Gerard Avenue, where Gerard College is at. We are at the elementary school there, which they'll direct you when you come into the campus. And our forum starts at twelve and goes to two. It starts with a presentation from the Cecil B Moore Freedom Fighters, telling you about Cecil B Moore's life as a part. Of of, of justice in the city of Philadelphia and how we can learn from those tactics today. It'll talk about uh, voting and the power of voting. It'll talk about uh, how we deal with incarceration and how incarceration creates other problems for us in terms of a vision of really what makes us safe. And from one to two, it will be a panel between of, of members of the 57 Block Coalition who do this incredible gun violence work each and every day. And they will share even much more than me stories about how uh, given a real vision of public safety going forward in the new year. We believe in what Mayor Parker says, that we can create one Philly, but it's going to take a whole lot of investment, a whole lot of challenging. We're not a poor city. We're a city that simply has A lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of people with very little money. And we need to have better distribution of those dollars.
0: Absolutely. So in the last couple of minutes we have, um, you know, we've been talking on this show and it's come up. Callers brought it to my attention last week that as a part of this budget deal negotiations, a law was passed that basically created a special prosecutor with the authority to investigate and prosecute crimes. That occur on uh, on Septa, essentially, or in the Septa Station areas, that basically takes away the juris- that jurisdiction from DA Krasner. Can you tell us what that was about and why people are still going after our DA, who was overwhelmingly elected twice?
1: Well, I'm I'm, I'm so glad you asked the question. Um, And so let me start with why they're going after him and then explain the bill. They're going after him because he's transformational in what he's doing in the DA's office. The Conviction Integrity Unit, which has allowed 39 individuals who were falsely, falsely accused of crime, 30 of them black, who were languished in jail from somewhere 25, some to 40 years and would not be free today if it was not for DA Larry Krasner And we have about a thousand more petitions like that being reviewed right now. It's many, many, many more people who are languishing in jail right now. That we, that the DA sees as an issue of justice, that they should be, somehow we should find ways to be able to get them released. Um, that uh, a police, uh, uh, a special unit to deal with police prosecution he is the first DA to actually prosecute a police officer in win. Hmm. And he took off the street a, a police officer who had been sexually assaulting young black men for over 20 years. And there hmm. was evidence of those sexual assaults that he was doing even in the police roundhouse building. Hmm. Uh, so our young people being violated by police officers was happening and nothing was being done. Larry had stopped that. Therefore, sometimes, uh, And then thirdly, he has set up a, a situation where people who are on parole or probation can actually find ways to get out of those situations instead of having parole and probation go on for years and years. Many of us know the story of Meek Mill, that uh, violation after violation, and he spent 30, 13 years on probation uh, for a crime that was only less than a year. Um, so, so we see this system that continues to create mass incarceration and keep people in the system. And Larry has done things to cut the number of people on probation and parole here in the city of Philadelphia, literally in half. And so there are people now who can take a job in New Jersey who couldn't go there before because their probation wouldn't allow them so they can be able to feed their families and take care of their people. There are people now who feel free enough to be in the city and not afraid to have any contact with a police officer because any contact with a police officer when you're on probation can send you right back to jail. Uh, mm-hmm. There are people who are now being able to help their families and have lived exemplary lives for a long period of time and now have the freedom of being out of the system. Mm-hmm. Larry's done all that work as part of all of the efforts all of all the attorneys in that office who have dedicated themselves to do these kinds of things. And because of that, there are people on the other side of the state who, who profit off of the misery of black people, who profit off of the incarceration of black people. Whose towns are set up, like in Johnstown, where it has four state institutions, which are used to receiving a certain number of black men from Philadelphia that now has been reduced because of what Larry is doing, and simply want their quota back. Mm. Simply want the their 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 numbers back so they can get their millions from the federal, federal government or the state government so that they can can keep their economy going. And so that's why that legislator from that particular area filed this particular special prosecutor law uh, statute uh, and and eventually got it passed because he simply wants a special prosecutor put in Philadelphia that will arrest and lock up Black people just like the previous ones did. Mm -hmm. And so this, this, when it's often been said When you don't understand why somebody cares about something or somebody is doing something if you find and follow the money it usually will tell you exactly why they're doing what they're doing Hmm. they're coming after larry because they want more resources for their neighborhood and their communities instead of stopping for a minute and developing an economy that can be fruitful and a blessing to their community they have lived off of our misery and we're telling them no. And Larry has been an instrument to tell those people, no, you cannot have our people anymore. Mm-hmm. You cannot have our young black men anymore. We'll have them here and we'll change their lives here through the work that we'll do to save their lives here in the community. And uh-huh. so that's why the attacks and that's why this law has been created.
0: Mm-hmm. And I just saw the, he- the headline today that um, the D.A. is suing to block. The, the the law from, from from taking hold. I have to let you go now only because I'm over my break time. It's always a pleasure to have you. I will, before the end of the show, I will remind people about your forum on Monday and the time and location. Thank you so much, Reverend Holston, for all of your great leadership and work you're doing, both in the DA's office and the 57 Plus Blocks Coalition. And hopefully we'll see you on Monday.